Hello and welcome to another episode of the 2.1 cast. I'm your host Neil Murray and I'm joined this week by just just one other person, SSJA commended journalist <laughs> James Kearney. How are you doing James? Lonely without Stefan. I know you're also say. you're also sitting like quite far away. Um, yeah, Stefan has <laughs> we've uh, empty cheered him. This is we have empty cheered him. It's actually quite brutal, isn't it? Uh, with Stefan uh, has just got a busy week, uh, unlike mm. us. Yeah, Skyver. Yeah, what can I say? It's not like we've got jobs either. Eh? So, <laughs> cool. Next week I probably won't be here. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Stefan can't make it this week unfortunately. So it's just the two of us. We're going to talk Scotland since we have. Uh, some pretty vital qualifiers coming up, and when I say Scotland, we're going to talk uh, Steve Clark Scotland, not Shelley Kerr Scotland. That may mm. be something for for another week, yeah. given the the World Cup will kick off at the weekend. But we're going to talk Steve Clark ahead of the qualifiers against Cyprus and Belgium. Uh, I mean, first of all, just how big are these games? Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously they're they're very important. Um, you know, if we want if we want to qualify for Euro twenty twenty by just going through the the usual route, then yeah, we need to get. At least three points in these games, possibly, possibly even four, because like, you know I think Russia they're sort of looming in, in the distance, and they're always going to be very difficult to overhaul. Yeah, I think Russia are a bit of a wild card because it's really easy to say like, oh, they're not that good, and then they could just turn up and seem like the kind of team that if they have a good day, mm. they could definitely kind of give us a bit of a hiding. But I mean, I, I think then for me it's like it's kind of like uh, where does the bar the bar of expectation line these games because obviously. I think there's one side of it. It'll, I think it'll be quite high, given that Steve Clark. There's actually a bit of kind of excitement around Scotland for a while because this is a manager that worked wonders at Kilmarnock, obviously in the past season. Uh, it seems like a popular appointment, which I can't remember the last time Scotland really had a popular appointment. Uh, even if when's the last time the SFA had a popular decision? Yeah, well, exa- exactly. <laughs> um, I mean. Don't get me wrong, there's been a few since uh, Clark's appointment that have been unpopular, so yeah, they've kind of mm. uh, done away with it. But no, I mean, where, where do you think it lies? Do you think there's going to be a high expectation for S- Scotland and Clark to put down a, in a certain marker here? We'll be looking at a, a, a significant win over Cyprus and then, as you say, maybe trying to nick a point against one of the one of the world's best sides or will fans be a wee bit more lenient? I mean, what where, you as a Scotland fan, mm. what are you expecting? Well, it's weird because I think that, I mean, normally you judge teams by two things which is like the result and the performance so like you know if you put in a good performance but you follow it a wee bit short you can live with that sometimes you know based on the occasion mm-hmm. and there's other times where it's just all about the result and you know it doesn't matter if you play shit as long as you get those three points or whatever that's fine in these two games we've kind of got a mixture of both like i think the first one against cyprus it's all about the result <laughs> like we need three points it doesn't really matter how we get it as long as we get those three points that's fine that against Belgium, there's I mean, there's no expectation whatsoever to get anything from that game, and you know, and rightly so because as you say, they are one of the best teams in the world. They finished third at the last mm. World Cup, like you know, they're no pushovers. You know, look at that squad; it's full of players that have, you know, just about just played the Champions League final, just won the Europa League. You know, it's a very talented team. Mm-hmm. So in terms of that, it's it's going to be just about okay, but can we have a good acquittal of ourselves? Can we just turn up and at least say? You know, all right. We might we might lose. We might lose two or three now, mm-hmm. but you know you can still play well against a Belgium team this good mm-hmm. and get beat two or three now. And I think that's the important thing. So you kind of want that kind of glorious failure. When was there not a game we played Spain and we lost like three two? So essentially, if it was a good performance and a win over Cyprus, that'd be fine. Because I know it's different circumstances with the San Marino game. I, grinding out the performance wasn't enough, but obviously 
the precursor to that was the shambolic performance against Kazakhstan. But I think I would agree with you to an extent there. I think that Cyprus is, I don't think people really care. It's the manager's first game. It might not be pretty. Uh, I think as long as we win at Hamden, and hopefully it means more people will start coming back to watch the national mm. team. I think it's that thing where like, even I am a bit like, oh, but could we sne- could we sneak a draw against Belgium though? Because Clark though. And I know that's probably wishful thinking, but I think a few people, if we win in, against Cyprus, even particularly if it's a convincing one, can maybe think, right, well, Clark's at the ground running here. Mm. He's obviously got the players well drilled. Maybe we could do something here, but... I don't know. I think the main thing is three points at the ve- very, very least. And yeah, it's going to be it's, how many times have we been in this position before? Essentially, we've already put ourselves in a position where we need to have very few slip ups against any of the teams we should be beating, and also be beating teams we maybe shouldn't be beating. Yeah. Um, so it might just be a case of let's just try our best. But you know, we've got Finland soon, <laughs> and the Nations League. Oh yeah, I mean, obviously that is the big get out clause. I mean. Obviously, you know, you get Clark and Alex Dyer and all that. They're always going to say, no, 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 we're not thinking about that. That's, you know, we need to focus on the job in hand, which is obviously, they have to say that. But, I mean, obviously, it's a very good thing to have in your back pocket. I mean, particularly when you think that, so we've got Finland, possibly Serbia, but then Serbia will, you'd imagine, would qualify Mm -hmm. outright for the tournament. Mm -hmm. So, like, the Nations League is probably our best chance of getting in, but... Bloody love for the Nations League. <laughs> yeah, Always love it. said it. Always what said a competition. It. <laughs> what a competition. Football's <laughs> all the richer for it. <laughs> but, I mean, it's weird because I think the Cyprus thing, I've, I'm, I'm weirdly pessimistic about Cyprus. But simultaneously, really? I, I think Belgium are there to be got at, which I know this sounds like an insane position to take. But there are, <laughs> I don't know, like, I think that, yeah, we'll talk about Cyprus first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk, talk about, about Cyprus, Cyprus first. first. So, like, um, in terms of like the Nations League, they were like the same group as us, so they're the same sort of banding mm-hmm. as us. Admittedly, we're at the higher end of that spectrum, but you know, ultimately, you know, we're still in the same sort of band, mm-hmm. so they're about our level. Um, but you know, they had a rubbish Nations League campaign. They, they played six games, they won one, wasn't very great. Yep. But interestingly, the points they did pick up, so they beat Slovenia home and drew with them away. Right. Okay. Which, if we remember back to two thousand and seventeen, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, Strachan's last. We had the exact same results. We had, you know, we, we scraped a win at home and then we drew away and that was sort of the final nail in the coffin for yeah, qualifying for the World Martin Cup. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very lucky. <laughs> Very lucky. Well done, Stuart Armstrong. <laughs> I actually made it on, uh, side note, but I was actually on the Scotland, uh, uh, sorry, the Hamden uh, Instagram feed that day, like, dancing with the yeah. <laughs> When that goal went and yeah. got caught on camera. You know, <laughs> it, seems, it, seems to, it seems to be a thing that I do, yeah. apparently. Yeah, I, just, I get caught on camera. Are you the hot chick games. in the crowd? That, like, <laughs> <laughs> I should uh, let the viewers know I'm not as attractive. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's pictures of you with, like, a blonde wig on. <laughs> no, so Cypress, they're not really up to much. And Well, I mean, y- yes and no. But then, but then they seem like the kind of team that... I mean, I would like to think we're maybe as good as Slovenia. Judging by those results in 2017, we could we got a draw but and we won. So that means that if we're at that level and they're a level below us, they could definitely do the same thing to us, is what you're saying. But yeah, essentially, you know, like they, they've matched our results yeah. against a similar, the only team that we've both played in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And they, they have got some interesting players. There's Lifus, who plays for Standard Liège, a left back, he's highly rated. They've got a guy on the books at UV who just made his debut this season. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got someone at Copenhagen. Um, a, a forward so like they've got 
players that are playing at a high enough level that they can definitely it's not ludicrous to suggest that they could hurt us and then you think like the first two games of the um, qualifying campaign like they pumped San Marino 5-0 okay it was at home but that's a lot more than we can say yep, no and then at no home they lost 2-0 to Belgium which okay, okay they lost but 2-0 home to Belgium that's not the worst result in the world yeah. for a team of their size so I don't think it's going to be quite as I mean, to be fair, I don't know many people are suggesting it will be straightforward, but it definitely won't be. I mean, they're, they're also, a stubborn team. It also never is with us as well. Oh, it never no. is. It never is. No. So, and they, obviously they've got a whole bunch of, a whole crop of players that play for uh, Apoel. So, like, you know, again, they've got European experience. So they're not like diddies. They're not a complete yeah. write-off, you know? Actually, it's not like a team like, uh, like San Marino where you've got guys who are joiners during the day. Yeah. And These are, just, this is a team full of fully fledged professionals who many of European experience some of them are significantly like or clubs like Standard Liège that you would know have a certain pedigree so no I, I agree with you and it's it's that thing where like maybe people will be going in I don't know I think there, I think there will be a direct split there's those people going in like like you're saying with that uh, oh god it's us so this might be a slog I still think they'll maybe for once for the first time in a long time because it's Clark think oh we're going to be fine it's Clark everything he touches turns to gold uh, but then it's quite it's quite a reactive system that he plays. So like you know we're not going to go out and win three four nil. No. I mean how many times have Kelly won by you know more than two goals? No, no. In the last year in the last you know uh, two seasons, like, yeah. it does it doesn't happen. No. Like you know they they're very good at getting a lead, holding on to it, and then just giving nothing away. Which so, which is why I think the Belgium game is maybe more suited to Clark's style of management. I was literally just about to ask yeah. you that question. It's that kind of thing where. Actually, if the squad is set up that way in a similar way to Kelly, it's a kind of flat four four two or whatever, and it's quite defensively minded left back and right back that it could suit us quite well. I mean, it happened in the past when maybe when we beat France in Paris, we were pinned back and it was on like a kind of whim that we scored, and it seems to be like if we're gonna put it this way, if we're gonna beat a team like Belgium, it's gonna be if we sit in and we kind of everybody does their job correctly, yeah, and we get maybe a couple of chances and take one. Uh, we're never gonna go toe to toe with them, and which is why that, that that's why I'm a bit worried about the Cyprus game though, because presumably they'll set up relatively defensively, mm-hmm. relatively cautiously. So if they do that, and we set up in a similar, but obviously you know the impetus is on us to go and attack with mm-hmm. home team. If we set up in a not especially or overtly attacking system. And he's like, oh, just got stalemate written all over it. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the squad, we'll come back to Belgium in a second, but then I suppose the other part of that is we will talk about the squad in more detail later in the pod, but I think you're right. I think also you're looking at our attacking options in the squad, and it doesn't scream goals, or mm-hmm. if there was a game like that where like, oh, we've got a striker and they can create something or nothing. We maybe have the odd midfielder, you know, like a... Yeah. But I mean, I'm looking and... and uh, James Forrest is probably the one that springs to mind there. Ryan Fraser's your wingers, but mm. we don't have a centre forward. We don't, we don't. We don't have Lee Griffiths, who was that striker who could score from a free kick or uh, was in the right place at the right time. I know his goal scoring record's not great, but you feel that since those goals, he's matured as a player. And, he, and before he kind of obviously had his troubles off the pitch, he was doing it for Celtic. So, uh, but I, I look at Brophy, I look at Burke, which I think is quite baffling. I know again that if mm. anything screams a lack of options up front, it's the fact Oliver Burke's in that squad. He's been pretty pretty terrible for Celtic. Um, I think yeah. we've not been shy about saying that on on the podcast. Um, Lewis Morgan, I'd be lying if I said I'd watched much of him this season. Uh, I really liked mm. him at St Mirren last season. I thought he would have 
maybe a bigger role to play for Celtic. Um, and then McNulty again uh, went slightly off the boil at Hibs towards the end of the season. Yeah, I was like, I think he's he's fine, McNulty. I don't think he's an international striker. No. I think at Hibs he's been fine. I, mm-hmm. I think that people got a wee bit carried away when he first came in because he went on the run of like it's like six goals in eight games or something like that. But then like two or three of those are penalties, so it's like they've got, they've got an asterisk next to them, yeah. you know. And then Brophy, I mean Brophy, again, I think Stefan multiple. I mean all of us, but particularly Stefan's been quite vocal on on here about how good a player he is and he's a, he's a great player but also he's just been called up and mm. if he's the guy that's going to spearhead an attack or if it's in a game against like a, the likes of a Belgium or a really tight game with a team everyone thinks we should be beating is it really fair to expect that straight off the bat that yeah. so much is pinned on a young guy's shoulders who well, if he is started or appears it's his first first time playing for Scotland at the senior level because I, I actually think Brophy is the best forward in that squad Like I, I think is, he should be starting Like I, I which think, is pretty damning but then I'm looking at it and I'm like I wouldn't have McNulty or Burke ahead of him even Johnny Russell who's been playing well in MLS I still don't think I would start him above Brophy and also uh, Johnny Russell he's never played particularly well for Scotland no and Clark Clark knows Brophy at least you'd like to think then yeah and, uh, and, and more importantly Brophy knows Clark's system yeah yeah that's, that that's is, true that is so important like you know like I think that's even more important the fact that, that Clark knows what Brophy can do. The point is, Brophy knows what Clark can do. And, what and, and for these our games, it's you know we're not going to win them on ability. I don't think. I think we're going to win them on tactics mm-hmm. because yeah, okay, fair enough against Cyprus. Yeah, if you go for it, like man for man, we're probably better. Mm-hmm. But if they're if they play defensively, if they're stubborn at the back, not giving much away, then we're going to need something someone to sort of you know find a breakthrough mm. and I think I honestly believe Eamon Brophy's a sort of more well-rounded striker mm. than anyone else in that team and I think he's the one that's got a, a future in the Scotland team I don't think you can say that about you know Mark McNulty or even Johnny Russell you know no. I mean I think even the fact we're talking about this is pretty mental though to say that our first strike first choice striker and again can't stress enough I think Eamon Brophy's a brilliant player mm. but it's that thing where like you'd quite like him to come <coughs> in and be eased into the squad and he's maybe coming on for like a more senior striker how, how much of a worry is it in terms of lo- looking at the options we had now obviously all of um, Barney's injured yeah. Stephen Fletcher I just had a quick Google before I started he's been allowed to rest like a niggly ankle injury as well mm. now again I'm not saying Stephen Fletcher he's obviously been much maligned in the past I'm not saying he's going to solve it all or else but he's had a couple of decent performances in more recent games yeah. uh, he's experienced and if he's on form he's, he's a good player in terms of hold up play he knows where the back of the net is he's had a decent season with Sheffield Wednesday so that's a loss but I mean looking past those two Obviously, the big one's Griffiths, but again, take Griffiths out of the equation, which he is at the moment. There is a bit of a gap there going forward, isn't there? I mean, you'd, uh, yeah, because I mean, when you look at the entire squad, I mean, the number of goals they've got international level, I don't have the numbers to hand, but it's, it's less than 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, part of that is allayed by the fact that it is a young squad, they are inexperienced, and therefore, mm-hmm. obviously, they're not going to have that many goals. But there are, having said that, there still are players, particularly in the midfield, where you think, yeah, we can get goals. Like, see guys like, yeah, as I said, like Forrest, Fraser, but even to a lesser extent, Cal McGregor, you know, John McGinn's uh-huh. like, see if a good chance falls for them, you'd probably bank on them taking it. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not prolific goal scorers, you know, but, you know, they're not technically wanting, you know, it's not as if, no. like, you know, a, a shot falls and you think, oh, God, anyone but, anyone but him and that's a goal. Mm-hmm. And know? even Armstrong as well, I would say, if he's, Definitely, if he's yeah. kind of fitter, maybe. But... So I think that's got to be the objective it's got to be we're going to have to have guys from midfield running forward running into the box and they're probably the real goal threat in the side because I think Brophy 
like he's probably got the physique to do the sort of classic number nine mm-hmm. target man kind of thing. You know? I guess a Belgium that's what we need, and he, he is definitely a bit of a, un- a bit of a unit for somebody. Oh, so, yeah. But it's quite he's still young. He can obviously still physically fuck up, but he's in he's. As you say, he's got great strength, and that's something for somebody that young. You still feel maybe it'll be the properly their mid twenties until they completely at their physical mm-hmm. kind of, physical kind of peak. But such a he's got very very many attributes to his game, but that's one of them and why he's been so impressive at a young age for Kilmarnock. But I mean, before we kind of do a pose more on the rest of the squad, Belgium, how different do you think the setup's going to be in term, in these two games, or do you think it's going to be quite similar? I, I kind of think it'll be quite similar, just because we're so early on in Clark's reign. I think he'll be more worried about getting his fundamental ideas across than mm-hmm. trying to set up essentially two different systems for two different games you mm-hmm. know but having said that I mean yeah Belgium obviously they're a great side they're in good form but they're not like invincible by any stretch of the imagination I mean you look back to their final Nations League game they're away to Switzerland and I think they only need a point in order to, to like win their group and qualify for the finals of Group A or whatever it is and so they went 2 up, away from home, like, cruising. Switzerland won 5-2 in the end, <laughs> <laughs> which is obviously just, like, mad. But then you look at it and it's like, so all five goals from Belgium, uh, for Switzerland, sorry, came from crosses into the box. All five, four of them came from crosses from the right-hand side of the box. Okay. So, like, it's probably fair to say their left-back is not the strongest. Now... I mean, there is a mitigating factor here, and that's that Dedrick Boyata was playing for them that night, and he <laughs> was honking. Like, I like Boyata, but, like, he was shite. Like, he was really bad. I'm guessing he, he was directly at fault for, like, two goals. I'm guessing Bertongen or Alderweireld must have been injured but, then. But then, even think about even this current squad. Look at you know, guys like Alderweireld, like, uh, Vertonghen. Company's been called up. He's now he's he's like a sort of player manager. Uh-huh. Like, um, other guys like Roy, Hazard, again? Mertens. Like, these are players that have had long, long seasons, played a lot of games. Yeah, that's true, like, that's true. You know, I think if we learned anything from the Champions League final as well is that players do go off the boil when they, when they go two or three weeks without playing a game. I think the less said about that game, the better. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was rubbish. It Dreadful. was totally rubbish. Dreadful. And, you know, it, it just happened to feature a few Belgians in, in the Tottenham team as well. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely, like, part of that Belgian team where you think, well, I mean, you know, they're, not, they're probably not 100%. Mm-hmm. The, a lot of the players that are going to be involved are probably going to be tired mm-hmm. and also at the back they're just they're not especially great at the back mm-hmm. like which sounds mad when you say it because obviously they've got all these world-class defenders and you know you think you look at it on paper and you think oh that's a great team see when you look, look at i was looking for the world cup uh, uh, stats before we came on so they on average conceded 12.76 shots on goal per 90 minutes during the world cup that's the 20th an entire comp- entire World Cup at 32 teams. But to put that into context, only one quarter-final team had more, had, conceded more shots per game, and that's right. Sweden. Okay. And only three teams in the last 16 right, as okay. well. Then again, they are Sweden, Japan, Mexico. Panama conceded fewer <laughs> shots on average than Belgium. I mean, you think they... Set, they had at least six goals against England. like they, they yeah their Panama's expected goals against is seven point four four for the for their World Cup and they conceded like eleven goals. Belgium conceded six goals and their xG against is eight point two six. Is that because Courtois is an absolute beast then? <laughs> <laughs> like you know like oh, that's like again Courtois this season 
He's got, not been great. No, no. Like, his expected goals against is 46. His goals against, 46. He's having a bang average season. And you think at the other end of the pitch, who they're going to start is probably going to be Lukaku, right? Yep. Again, expected goals for 12. Mm-hmm. Goals for 12. Like they're, having, they're, they're players that are in bang average spells of form. Yes, undoubtedly, world-class players on their day and better than what we've got to offer. Mm-hmm. But if they're not enjoying particularly good seasons and their best players are probably, well, hopefully, suffering from some form of burnout, mm-hmm. maybe? I mean, isn't this a sort of game that Steve Clark relishes isn't this what he built his reputation yeah. on this is so optimistic I know which is weird because like again for the Cyprus Ste- game I'm like, yeah. I'm like oh, maybe sneak a point yeah. <laughs> you know? it's because Stefan's not here that's why <laughs> but, but again like maybe I'm just being mad under like, I, no, I, let, me, let, me, let me be in Kowski a wee bit I think the <laughs> other argument to that is sometimes when you see, and this is obviously you've got all the stats to back it up and I'm going to just come in and trump it apparently but no I think the only thing I would be worried about then is you've got all these players arguably quite unhappy with how the club form's been or like not had the happiest mm, of seasons like angry yeah <laughs> or like it's just a nice they'll be just be able to relax and have a nice welcome break to go and play in a team with other players and they won't have to worry about be, playing for Man United for example in Lukaku's case or mm. Hazard worrying about them not really performing in the second tier of European football and the Real Madrid thing hanging over them do you mean uh, and same with even like the Tottenham players now they've kind of played that Champions League final they might be slightly sharper but I know you mean it's, it's it's an interesting one because also see the the goal the goal ratio doesn't surprise me too much because then I think about both Wigan and Everton when Martinez was a manager and it's precisely it's, it's such it's such a kind of him them losing five two to Switzerland if that was a better manager with Belgium it just wouldn't happen like I mean the thing is this the stick that's always used to beat Martinez with is that. Yeah, he can. He, he gets his sides playing nice football. Yeah, they're great in attack, but they can't defend. I mean, that was certainly the case at Wigan. It was definitely the case at Everton. And despite the riches that Belgium have, even in defence, and even the, given the fact that they've not conceded a crazy amount of goals or anything, I'm not convinced by this Belgium defence at all. I also just think I'm not convinced by Martinez, to be honest. I thought it was a bit of a strange appointment. I still think they're wasting their golden generation on a manager who's, who's good, but they've got a group of players there where you could arguably probably get anybody wanting to come in maybe it's a financial mm. thing but I don't know I just feel like if if that team don't win something what a bloody waste I mean they should be at least winning the Euros I reckon I know France are very good but Belgium have got the team there to, to easily do that it's from front to back as well like I mean you're yeah. talking keeper keeper to striker they've got big names there but anyway let's focus on Scotland then for the kind of closing part of the episode so we t- touched on strikers how, how, if you were to kind of guess, let's start at the back. I mean, really nice to see Liam Kelly called up. I think that's completely deserved. Yep. Uh, On his way to QPR, we've just heard as well. Yeah, so I mean, 50 grand. Like, that is a steal. Yeah, that is a steal. It's a shocker, though. Um, <laughs> like they, they should be getting at least 10 yeah, times that. How have they done how, That is, whoever's put that in his contract. Yeah, someone's fucked up. Yeah, that's, a, that's an absolute shocker. Um, I, I, I think we'd. Be kidding ourselves if Scott Bain didn't start. I, I think it has to be. Yeah. It's given his run of form. Okay, he's got the best defence in the league sitting in front of him, and he was playing mainly during Celtic's best spell of the mm-hmm. season. But you I mean he's conceded like you know it's something to be like six goals since yeah. January. I mean yeah, oh, okay. he's got to play. Yeah, he's got yeah. To play. I mean and and like again, I've not watched much of John McLaughlin. Obviously, had a great season last season at Hearts. David Marshall has kind of been reliable in the past, but yeah, I think you're right, Scott Bain. Looking at the defence, we kind of spoke briefly before he came on. I think there's a couple of surprised, surprised, sorry, um, inclusions here. I thought Michael Devlin was more more uh, surprising than Stuart Finlay, for example. Michael Devlin, mm. I don't uh, particularly think he's a bad defender or anything like that, but 
I think one there may be questions about whether he's that standard, but also too the main and the main one for me is like he's been struggled with injuries all season and since he came back from injury for Aberdeen he's not been particularly great. Um yeah. and I know like again we're not we've not got tons of options but I, I think we've uh, beat the drum for ages. But Liam Cooper, for example, and I feel now this is maybe the strongest sign. He must know that he's probably never going to get called up. Yeah. Um, and how, how old is he now? Like, he must be in his 30s, right? Or 29, 30, I think. Um, yeah. But obviously, captain for Leeds. And I mean, don't worry, I've spoken to a couple of English journalists before and they say it's not brilliant. I was like, but you've got to remember, we're talking for, for our international yeah. kind of scene here. But anyway. Like, we're not brilliant. That's fine. Yeah, that's it. And I'm, <laughs> I think I'm looking around and I'm a bit like, if you're trying to tell me he couldn't get in over Stuart Finlay and Michael Devlin, or at least be in the squad if they are. I mean, I mean Mulgrew's in the squad, right? Yeah, just whisper it in case Stefan here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Mulgrew's playing at a lower level. Yeah, he's playing in League, League One, yeah, right? Blackburn, yeah. Whereas, okay, maybe he's excelling there, but if Cooper's ex- excel or, or you know it's holding a, holding his own, it's a good Leeds team and a good Leeds yeah. team. You thought, no, fine, but yeah. I, I, I've not I've not seen much of him. I don't yeah, know no, no. He, and here's yeah. the thing, me neither. I don't watch lower league English football, but I feel like if he's doing. If he's good enough to help be part of a defence that gets them to the top six of the championship, he can't be doing that badly. And then I compare that to Devlin and Finlay. And that's not taking away from those two players. I think it's great that Finlay's been called up as well, as well as Devlin. Yeah. I don't wish anybody ill or anything like that. I just think it's a bit surprising uh, when there's other options out there. But uh, I think Finlay's justified his call-up. I think I think that this has been coming for a while. I think this season, if you ask most Kilmarnock fans, I think that their go-to players for their best players will be the sort of Gary Dicker mm-hmm. and Alan Power. It's got normally one of them, but if you had to exclude one of those, I think most Kilmarnock fans would say Stuart Finlay. Mm-hmm. He's been excellent this season. Yeah. And I think he's fully earned his place in the squad. So, and I would, I would agree with that completely. I think as well, if he was going to get called up, it was it was going to be now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Um, does he start? Possibly. I mean, I think, you know, back to uh, McKenna and Finlay's fairly tasty mm-hmm. I mean I would take that I'd be quite happy with over that over Suter it's a coin toss to be honest yeah. like yeah I mean so is McKenna definite for you yeah I'd imagine he is okay. I mean I know he's not been particularly great for Scotland but I think when you look at that squad he's the best centre back mm-hmm. in it I don't think I mean I, I like Suter but I don't know if his style of play is entirely suited to Levine's team Um but I'd be happy with either Suter or Finlay. Okay. But I think McKenna's a nailed on starter, mm-hmm. I would say. And then what we're thinking, obviously, Andy Robertson left back, right back. Yeah. Are we thinking Stephen O'Donnell? I'd imagine so. Yeah. I would imagine so. Again, just because of the Kelly experience, you know. I don't similar, Clark, to, similar to Brophy. He knows the system, he knows what he's expected of him, and Clark knows that he's more than capable of doing that. Yeah, I don't think Liam Palmer was particularly impressive in the games he played on. No, but no, no, no one was, right? I mean, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's not, it's not like, I don't think, you know, we should, you know, Cast him out from the squad and never play again. No, but and also right backs where we are, we are short, so we <coughs> beggars can't be choosers in that regard, I suppose. Yeah. Um, well, let's go into midfield then, and this is where we do have good players, particularly in the centre. So, I mean, again though, I think we said this a few weeks ago when we did a uh, did a podcast when Clark was first announced as manager. Are we are we kind of guessing there will be Fraser and Forrest in the wings? It's hard to disagree with that. Yeah, uh, I don't see how anyone could argue the contrary. I mean, mm-hmm. the only thing you can maybe say is that Forrest has played a lot of games this season, but. Yeah. I mean, it, it got a bit of a rest towards the end of the season. They missed the odd game here and there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they're pretty much nailed on as well. Mm-hmm. And then well, I suppose the next one is, I'm guessing if you were to have Brophy up front or whoever plays zero, is it going to be a lone striker and maybe like a, yeah, someone a slightly of, behind them? Yeah, sort of number 10-ish mm-hmm. guy. So for that, we've got you've got Armstrong, you've got Kearney, John McGinn, Callum McGregor, Kenny McLean, McTominay and Shinny. I would probably say Kearney and Shinny wouldn't be in mine. McLean probably either. I think it would probably be 
between Armstrong, McGregor, McTominay, McGinn? Do you know, I would. I I think it probably be McGinn, McGregor, and then Armstrong sort of playing between the lines. I think that would mm-hmm. be quite strong. But to be honest, see when you just read out those, like there's not a single player there that if they started, I'd be like, oh, why is he starting? Like every single one yeah. of those players is good enough to play for Scotland. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, <clears throat> and like they've all got different skill sets, which is also good. Like yeah, there's I, not no two of them are really the same. Mm-hmm. I think I think McTominay's gonna be a big, big player. Whether he, I know, I know he is he, literally big as well. A big actual beast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to see Graham Shinney included as well. I did feel really bad for him after that game when he got papped at left back in Kazakhstan because mm. you could tell he was gutted and he also knew he was at fault. Um, but I think. I don't know, I think it's good. Hopefully he can prove himself at Derby and then become a fixture in the Scotland squad because he's, he's a good definitely player. good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, like, I, think he's like, I see every single one of those midfielders, if mm-hmm. if any of them start on Saturday, no one would bat an eyelid. Like they're all good enough. Yeah. They've yeah. all shown they're good enough. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But I think like even just laying it laying it out there, I think it would just be interesting to see how defensively minded they play. I mean, Robertson, for example, is good enough to do anything, so uh Hopefully he Stick won't. him up front. Why not? I know, that's it. Well, <laughs> is Callum Patterson injured, I'm guessing, then? Uh, I'd imagine he must yeah, be. Yeah, uh, yeah. Otherwise, he'd be getting a game. Yeah. Uh, maybe not getting it, he'd be in the squad, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would imagine McGinn, given his recent form, is probably <clears throat> a nailed on starter. I would agree with that. I mean, I'd, and also, I don't think Armstrong's had a ton of game time. Yeah, the Ar- Armstrong one, like, you know, maybe. He's been good for Scotland. He's I, always delivered for yeah, Scotland. I, could, I, I think McGregor's another one who. He's, a, he's had a fantastic season, obviously, but. He's also played something ridiculous, like sixty-eight games yeah. or something mm-hmm. mad like that. So like, you know, if he doesn't, yeah, I don't think it's fair to expect him to last for ninety minutes. No, fair so. enough. I mean, I suppose the way as well is if you were to drop Armstrong and bring in McTominay, for example, you could probably have McGregor playing in between the lines. He's good enough to. Yeah, do that. that's what I'm thinking. Because like, I mean, I'm trying to think. So like, who are the most? <laughs> this might be a silly question. In the Scotland squad, which which two centimetres are the most similar to Alan Power and Gary Dicker? Because like, that's what I'm trying to think of, you know, like, that's the system that Clark likes, these are the players that he's worked with. Yeah, yeah. So like, who can sort of do that role? And I think McGinn can, is kind of like that, and I think Shinny to an extent is kind of yeah, like that. I, think, I would probably... McGinn-Shinny partnership, like, it's a lot of legs. Yeah, it's know. just energy, isn't it? Yeah. I actually like the idea of like McGinn and McTominay. Because mm-hmm. there's one, like McTominay, he's more of a kind of enforcer in front of the back four. He's really neat and tidy. Yeah, his and passing's then, excellent. Yeah, and then McGinn's like... Just <clears throat> as you say, that helicopter run when he comes at the helicopter, like uh, he's an absolute monster, and he's got such good energy levels. Huge arse as well. As he? Oh yeah, he's massive man. Oh, I'll be looking out for that on Saturday. <laughs> and then and, and whoever you want, like in the and I should say maybe if McGregor has played all those games, then Armstrong might be a better option playing in between lines. But Possibly nice to have options. If only we had all those options in centre midfield across the pitch because it's we do have yeah. a plethora of talent there. But uh, <clears throat> anything else to add before we finish? Uh, no, just, oh, I, ho- I hope we win. Predictions. Let's do that. Oh, right, okay. I don't usually uh, do predictions, but Stefan's not here, so it's fine. Yeah, he can't tell us off. No, exactly. Um, I'll say we'll scrape a 1 0 win against Cyprus. Okay. And I'm going to say, I'm very optimistic, one each away to Belgium. Oh, I was going to say one each Belgium as well, but I'm, no, I'm going to say 0 0 Belgium. No, we're definitely going to concede. Yeah, 1 1 1 Belgium, and I think 2 1 to us against Cyprus. Okay, okay. So we're on the same page. Four points. Is what we're hoping for. I also realised though we probably should have said we're going to lose so we don't curse it. Ah, shit, the curse. We forgot about the curse. Yeah. Does it? I mean, to be fair, I don't think it really works. Scotland are a basket case. They're immune. Teddy curse. Their own special thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll leave it there. And if you enjoyed uh, listening to this week's episode of the 2.1 cast, you can find us on iTunes if you're an Apple user. You can also find us on Audio Boom if you're not an Apple user. And if you're not an Apple user and an Apple user, 
you can find us on Spotify see what I did there yeah. working for Apple apparently <laughs> uh, yeah and please uh, we really like it we've had a couple of new reviews and people um, rating the podcast particularly on iTunes it's, we really really appreciate it uh, to help us spread the word and uh, if there's anybody you know that likes Scottish football and fancies something a wee bit different then uh, just head past pass the podcast on to them and see if they see if they like it uh, we'll see you next week see you later James bye bye